0: Disclaimer AFL players, coaches and umpires are professionals The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast Are not intended to be offensive in any way Listener discretion is advised (laughs) Kiss your cousin
1: Kiss your cousin
0: Kiss him on the lips Welcome to another episode of the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados, applying some lip balm. Applying
1: some lip balm. A very sick, deflated, upset, grumpy Jados, coach of NFNL, KFKL, no five, no life. No fife. No life. Why are you deflated, mate? Do you because want to- I'm out. I'm eliminated. I'm done. I've brought Dishonor. We actually have brought Dishonor collectively to our family. It's good
0: to have some company now at the, at the foot of the, the family Dinner At the table. At, <laughs> at the bottom, the very bottom of the family. Yeah, the family dynasty is just over.
1: It's it like a is. reality check, you know? I've never experienced this before. We need to come back bigger and better next year. Quite frankly. Make it some just, changes. It just hurts though, mate. We were, we were ranked one and two in our league for overall ranking. We, we, still, yeah, are. we still are. And we're both eliminated from finals. It's upsetting. What's going on? It's upsetting, isn't it? Ga- oh, well. <laughs> the game's too easy
0: for everyone else.
1: We move on. We move on. And I'm sure we'll talk about exactly what happened as we go. But to kick us off, I've still got trivia for you, Cuz.
0: Trivia. Okay. Let's go.
1: Who averaged the most fantasy points in
0: 2015? 2015. Oh, We're going back a bit now. Gary Ablett. Nut. Nah. Steph Martin.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Stefan Martin. And just don't you forget that guy was an absolute was. freak of a fantasy player. He
0: was an absolute freak. Was that the third the third year or the second year after his breakout?
1: Oh, I couldn't tell you. Some trivia for you. I actually, yeah, I I don't know. I reckon it was the third. I'm going to say third. I suspect it's his third. But I thought that was a good one for rock round. <laughs> yeah. The media liked to pump up rock round. I don't know how much Bit, you know, a bit of an, what it actually means, but
0: yeah, either to be honest, a bit of a weird, a bit of a weird celebration. But Steph is kind of like the 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 golden the golden man for mid season breakouts. Yeah, one of the best that I think we've we've ever seen. We probably will ever see, to be honest. Came in and averaged over a ton, maybe halfway yeah. through the year. Was Absolute a third up. He's basically basically what Briggs has done this year, plus ten points. Just crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, actually, I have one more trivia question for you. Okay. Who's going to win the Brownlow medal this year? Who's the 2023 winner of the Brownlow medal? Well, you just put your life savings on Er (laughs) Er 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 Errol Goulden (laughs) to win the Brownlow. I was hoping you'd reference that. It's pretty funny, but, mate, I feel it in my bones. Goulden. uh, Mate,
0: it it is a phenomenal, phenomenal... He's paying it like $51 just quietly, but... (laughs) Yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good shout, mate. Because he's had a lot of massive games that he could get threes in. We had a quick look through his his season to date, and even in some Sydney losses, he's been massive. Like against the Pies, he had thirty seven and, and two, or thirty seven and one when Dacos played bad. That's a three votes. Could just be a, a good Smokey, a great Smokey, even.
1: He's such a freak. Like I think you you sent me a stat. I think it was yesterday, or you sent it to our group chat, and you said that since what like round seven he's yep. averaging 122 yep was that the stat
0: yes it was correct. that's a
1: 14 round average of 122 people yeah he's and he plays on the wing
0: it's it's and off half forward it's ridiculous he is a genuine chance to be the next pig we it gets bandied about a lot in fantasy circles seems to be one each year but he's probably the guy that i'd have my money on for to, to be inducted into the pen next he's been so good and I, without day cost now as well for the remaining games we will touch on that a bit more later but it's you know one of these smokies could could win i hope bont wins it just truthfully because i think he deserves it more i love than the bont as well else. yeah and
1: it, yeah he's most likely he's the man i think he's, he's so good
0: so yeah i think he's the best player that hasn't won one so far like the things that he does on the field not many other players can do so yeah. it would be good to see bont get the chalkies and he's the favorite now yeah gulden's a good smoky
1: all right so let's get into what we scored our rank and our trades for this week. Why don't you kick us off?
0: This week I scored 2278. It was a pretty disappointing week for the subs. I moved back about a thousand spots. My rank is now 7,764. Like I said, disappointing week. It's pretty, pretty deflating. The trades went well though. I did Neil and Himmelberg to Merritt and Matt Crouch. So I brought in two 120s. <laughs> Terrific stuff. Uh, they're going to feature in my hogs a little bit later, but. It was great to watch Matt Matt run around this weekend for the subs. It was a it was a, a great throwback to the to the glory days of my team and Matt Crouch.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's one of our boys. You got the Crouch Bros, which is pretty exciting, and they they turned up for you. It's pretty cool that both your trades just instantly won twenties. It was nice. B-
0: yeah, it was a little bit frustrating that Neil played well, but Crouch still outscored him. So good stuff. What Props you, to him. How did you go this week?
1: Well, I scored a twenty two eighty four, so I had you by what six points. What did you score? 78? Yeah, six
0: points. You're seven points ahead of me in overall (laughs) rank.
1: I still hold the title. Um, Somehow we keep almost scoring the same every week despite all our uniques. I don't know what it is. It's It's so weird. We have have very different teams, but every week we have a couple of uniques that go massive and a couple that just stink it and they sort of end up balancing out in some beautiful, you know, family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we had seven uniques this week. Yeah, six six or seven, which is enough to be like pretty significantly apart in scoring, but it's just not. We've literally, week, I, I
1: think we've been within a hundred points of each other of overall ranking since the buys every week, just consistently. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm getting you this week though, mate. Yeah. Anyway, I, I so my <laughs> rank, my rank is seven thousand six hundred eighty fifth, and my trades were took Miller, which we'll get into later, and Lockie Neal. I also traded out, and I went to Kelly and Libba. So one was terrible. And one was good. And we'll talk about them a bit more in the hogs and flogs because, yep. And I'll talk about them. So let's get into it. Let's get into our hogs for this week. (coughs) And straight into it, my hog, Libba. What a guy, man. He's so beautiful. He's so hard at the footy. He's just, he's probably the best inside midfielder, just like straight up inside in the comp. I was watching him closely. He just doesn't, no cheap junk, nothing like that. He's just Every time there's some sort of stoppage, he scores somehow. Either tackle, handball out, clearance, kick, um, just smashing. He's had 10 plus clearances um, for like four weeks in a row or something. Wow. That That is a
0: stat. Yeah. It would be slightly frustrating, the lack of marks, surely as an owner. But I know you you were... Unsure of your trades all week and then settled on Libba just before just before the game. So Yeah, I don't know. It I
1: wasn't that keen on I mean, my Bont Bont was my inclusion all week. Um until the Took news and I had to sort of meh, do some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um But Libba was the only thing that made that game bearable. Like seeing Bont go 151, Libba was to like toe-to-toe with him the whole game but he got stuck on the pine in the fourth quarter so that's the only reason he didn't quite get to a 140 plus but 133 on debut an awesome game and it was for my sanity so
0: while, the, to while the topic is is somewhat fresh in our minds wh- what did you think of the took news by the way oh the whole, no the whole i've got
1: I've, I've got a whole okay, i've got all all a whole right. thing on that later all so, right, so we'll, 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 save save it, we'll save it, it. we'll save it. All but right, yes, well. Libba, good on you, mate.
0: Well, I'll get into my hog then, and I've done the double again. It's my two inclusions, Crouch and Merritt. Just, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Matt was getting around the junk. That was the the terrific part of this. He was leading up for little plus sixes, getting junky. He had another massively impactful game. It was one of the best on ground again. It feels so good to own Matt Crouch. <laughs> and Merritt, I rectified my, my mistake from... What, ten weeks ago when I chose to get Noah Anderson over him and was instant instantly rewarded. So they're my two, my two hogs this week. Yeah, I can't believe the crouch thing, man. Like I knew he
1: he's good. He's still twenty eight years old. He's an inside beast. He's averaging hundred and eleven in the sandful over the last two seasons. So you know he's still got the chops. He just needed opportunity. Um but the fact that he was junking is like, Oh mate, I, I switched it on. Cause I was watching the other game that was on at the same time. I switched it on. And as soon as I turned it on, he got two of just the <laughs> most useless plus sixes I've
0: ever seen. And I just switched it straight back off. I was like, I can't watch this guy go prime, prime Matt Crouch stuff. I reckon he's going to be an Uber Primo again. I'm, I'm standing by it. He's gotten better each week he has yeah from from a fantasy standpoint anyway last again the showdown was probably his best actual game but this week from a fantasy standpoint the tog is solid the cba is solid he's playing well like the media is pumping up nicks is even copying some criticism has been getting getting baked yeah from me (laughs) from from everyone mate for not playing crouch in the team for so long did i did we hot bake nicks last week or did i just say that to you off air. I actually don't remember, but Nick's got
1: hot-baked. Ba- hot he oh, like, deserves one. He does deserve one. Can we just give him a quick one now? We can, absolutely. Well, so the thing is, he came out and he was like, oh yeah, like Crouch has changed his game. He's done... No, we did talk about it. We definitely talked about this. I remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, no, Crouch has done all these good things and changed his game for the team. It's just like, dude... He's the, he's the same player, man. You just got to give him the opportunity. It's on you. Yeah. What what has he changed? You look
0: at his. You look at all his advanced stats numbers. So clearly, when he came back from injury last year, he wasn't right. Like you, you could tell the way he was moving and his stats weren't great. Like it wasn't it wasn't the crouch that we've been used to. But this this season, clearly, when when he's come back, his numbers are similar to what they have been in the past when he's been you know an uber primo fantasy player. He's a stud. He gets clearances. Not many meters gained, but high disposal efficiency because he gets those like little funnel-out handballs to runners and stuff. He's doing the same stuff he's always done. Maddie Nix has just based his opinion on Crouch off his return from injury and like didn't really allow him to ease into playing again and reach form and has just held him out of the team for so, so long. It's just like, mate, let your player rediscover the form they're in. Like, actually give them the opportunity to play. Because as soon as he has now, like, you know, a couple of years removed from that injury, he's the same guy he always has been. He's an All-Australian. It is very, very frustrating.
1: Well, it's a classic case of a coach playing favourites as well. Because well, 100%. I remember. So, uh, yeah, he was coming back from injury. But also, they were giving him, like, 60% tog every game. It's like, how can you... F- how can you actually, like your stats are just naturally going to be lower if you're only playing 60% of the game. Mm, and it's, So if he has 20 touches in like 60%, that's actually solid effort. That's not even like terrible form. And then I remember he got dropped after 30 disposals in one game last year and didn't come back.
0: Yeah, weird. And as a player, it's really quite challenging to, you know, have little spurts on the field and then hit the pine every 10 minutes. Yeah. It's hard to actually get into the game. So when you're managing a player's tog like that, it's kind of, what what do you expect? He's not going to start dropping massive numbers because he, he's not able to actually get into games and sort of play himself into form. But yeah, there you go. A little hot bake for, <laughs> for Matty Next, even though we haven't actually officially started hot bakes yet. <laughs> We're rearing to go. The cousins are fired up this week. Let's let, let's re-return to our flogs though, cuz. Who yes. have you got? Boom. All
1: right, my flog for this week is Josh Kelly. Now his teammates call him Chook. That's his nickname. And this week he was... The epitome of a headless chook. He was just useless. Last week, he had 14 tackles. This week, only one in the wet. He sucked me in. Officially sucked me in. He's a fake primo, man. He genuinely just... I couldn't... I, like. It was the most frustrating game I've seen all season. My finals matchup was on the line. And I was, I was sitting so pretty before this game. And I watched him just crawl to 71. Agonizingly. He was on like 15 late mm. in the second quarter.
0: Yeah, it was almost halftime. I was so like,
1: gross. oh my days. Even if he goes crazy with the junk, he's only going to get to an 80.
0: The CBAs are reasonably high as well. He had 18 out of a total just under 30 CBAs. So, you know, well over 50%. That's enough to, to put up a decent score, even an 80, but 71. I, I feel your pain, mate. That's not that's not good at all.
1: That's what I mean. I th- yeah, he just had a terrible game. Yeah, one tackle here, two marks. He went at 61% disposal efficiency. Yeah, just there's nowhere near it. I'm expecting him to bounce back, but I yeah, he's actually also I sent you a stat. I think he's made himself. His average for the season is now Less. below where his starting figure was, like his starting price that figure was.
0: Yeah, so you can't even cling on to the fact that he's outperformed his starting price because he hasn't. He's actually dropped below. I mean, yeah. Pretty 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 disappointing. I'm I'm there with you, mate. It's 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 a frustrating one. I mean, we were both owners earlier in the year as well. Um and he just didn't hasn't quite hit the heights of Uber Primo Josh Kelly that we thought he would. He's had games that he's played, you know, well, put up some decent scores but hasn't really shown the ceiling and he's also showed the floor that is a is a big concern for Josh Kelly.
1: Yeah, well, he had that 30 when he was tagged by Finn McGuinness, but he's also had a couple of 70s that are just like out of the blue. And mm. you can't you can't have an Uber Primo that drops a 71 with no attention and just because you know? Yeah, exactly. So to me, it's as close as it gets to never. I mean, there's a price for everyone, but he just finds a way to disappoint every year. And Josh Kelly, this might be the
0: last time I own you mate. So you're my flog. Fair. All right. I'll get into mine. I've got two again, cause I have two basically every week, but <laughs> there, there's a tinge of comedy to both. I'll get into the first one, which is George Hewitt for his one Oh five. And that's because last week he scored a 66. So I benched him for Windhager this week and he outscored Windhager by 41 points. It's like, Hewitt, man, come on, please. What are you doing to me? <laughs> it's so it just was so frustrating to see because I would have I would have leapfrogged you in overall rank if I if I fielded the man and my trades were slightly different. Um yeah, 105 on the bench, it's just frustrating. It's it's good in the fact that I've got really solid cover in the midfield now, but I'm a little bit, little bit flat about that. So that's the first one. The second one, this might be a bit controversial, but Nick Dacos. <laughs> I know you got injured. I know you got tagged, mate, to your 37. But I was was late to the Dacos party this year. I've owned him for six weeks for a 102.3 average, and I would have been better off fading the man for the entire year. I'm upset about it now. Just a little flog for you there, Nick, mate. Thanks for nothing this year for me. There you go. It's
1: bitter and it's sweet, isn't it? Because it's bitter because we both own him finally, but it's like slightly... V- the vindication. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we, I feel better about my ability to analyze the game in the, like in the preseason, we saw Finn McGuinness tag him to, I think it was a 60 odd yeah, in the preseason yeah. game. And you know, it's a preseason game. So Primo's obviously don't try as hard, but we were like, man, Nick Dacos is the kind of guy that doesn't like attention. True. And then two we saw that it was so effective that it's like, well, that, I guess that's the blueprint for him. We're going to see it happen a lot more. Just didn't happen. No no coach tagged him like properly up until they played the Hawks again this week. Yeah, there was... And he was tagged to a 37.
0: Little like Lockie Jones went to him one week, stuff like that. Like Kerno's giving him a bit of attention. What's Lockie Jones going to do? Yeah, it's ridiculous. How can you let a guy who's playing for the best team in the league just run rampant all over your team? <laughs> like... All the coaches, week in, week out, he was the Brownlow favourite by far. Just have like one of the most dominant seasons that a, a player's had that I can remember, to be honest. He like has been terrific all year. It's frustrating that it took 21 rounds for that to come to fruition. But like you said, a little bit of vindication for us because what we saw was real. It was real, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a... Sometimes I mean, things just play
1: out on a different time scale to what you expect or just slightly differently, but... We saw what we saw and it was right. And a lot we weren't the only ones. A lot of very good coaches faded him at the start of the year with the exact same thought process. So, you know, it just it happens and fantasy is a funny game like that.
0: Absolutely. I think as well, if I haven't actually done this, but if you combine all the tags that Dacos has actually had this year, his average would be well under a hundred in games that he's been clamped. Because he's had some light tags that didn't quite do the job. But you know, he dropped a ninety-nine against Adelaide with a tag. He got a bit of attention against Sydney, dropped an 84. Carlton Kerno tag dropped to 79. Um, Port gave him some extra attention a few weeks ago for an 86. Like, the tags have still impacted generally. None have just been quite as good as they were this week. So, um, yeah, your tag, Dacos, your clamp, Collingwood, just do it. What we've seen from him
1: in the second half of the season is sort of what we expected. Like, games where he just gets off the chain and has a big score, but also games where he was quiet. But the start of the year when we didn't own him, Just consistently bang, 110 plus, 110 plus, 120, you know? Ridiculous. So anyway, that's that. And we'll talk more about Dacos because obviously the news is he's out for six weeks. He's injured and we basically all have to find a replacement for him. So we'll talk about that a bit later. But yes, here's your vlog for this week. All right. I think it's time for us to move on to our hot bakes.
0: Bakes.
1: All right, cousin, I'm going to go first this week because I actually have three... Hot bake. So, three.
0: You're you a heated man. I'm a heated man. You're, you're getting out all your, your missing finals anger on the pod. Yeah. I love it. Okay, go.
1: <laughs> okay, so I mentioned before that I had a lot to say about the whole Tuke Miller incident, but I want to hot bake just everyone involved in the whole, I want to call it a saga because it was just a shit show just from a lot of parties. So, I'm hot baking the AFL's handling of the Tuke Miller incident. So, first of all, the decision was made independently of the MRO after the MRO had already cleared the incident. So straight away, it basically means the MRO have made another balls up. And yeah. Just 700th. They've had the 700th. Yeah, just the worst
0: season. Um, Mate, just, um, just quickly before you carry on, I want to just slam the MRO as well on this. The MRO is a dead set peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But all these... Like stupid tackle suspensions, this incident where he's clearly seen the footage and gone, nah, you know what? That's, that's all right. Don't worry about it. What are you doing, mate? They need a, the MRO shouldn't be a thing. It should be a panel that oversees things together and then makes decisions. Sorry, I'll let you know. Is continue. that not what it is? I'll let you, no, it's one person who reviews the footage and then decides. I did know
1: there was a guy that's he- like head of it. I can't remember his name. I did know this. I used to know it. I'll find out. We'll be more knowledgeable in the future. But continue. I'll continue. So the incident was only taken seriously after Dane Zorko went on radio last week. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. And he basically went on there and saying, oh, it's unfair. Apparently, you can just grab someone in the groin nowadays and was like basically chucking a huge sook about what happened and saying that the AFL have, have set a precedent that you can just do all these dirty things now. Which is just... It just blows my mind because Dane Zorko is just the dirtiest player of all time and he's trying to to make out... You know, he's trying to pin other people for similar acts that he would do, you know? Um, And the decision was handed down on Thursday which basically disallowed Gold Coast to appeal the decision because it would have taken a little while. It would have dragged on into this week. So basically, Gold Coast were forced into just accepting that one-match ban. They didn't have time to appeal it properly... But their whole, the Gold Coast were just outraged by the whole thing. They were like, "This is they." They didn't agree with the decision essentially, and they would have liked the incident to, you know, be appealed with a proper amount of time. Um, The the really weird thing though for me is that if Took really is guilty, how do they come to the decision that it's a one match suspension? Like, if you're actually guilty of squirrel gripping someone's penis, (laughs) testicles. Shouldn't that be more than one match? So it just, it, the whole thing is just bizarre to me, you know? That it's like, okay, they found him guilty and then didn't give him enough time to appeal. But why is it only one match for something as serious as that? It just, it, it, bl- it blows my mind. Every aspect of it is just weird and handled poorly. And yeah. I don't understand.
0: Mate, I completely agree. I, I, Dane Zorko deserves an absolute clip as well for just being a, a, a peanut. <laughs> I, was, I could say much worse words, but he's like, Genuinely probably the dirtiest player in the AFL. Some like he chicken wings people, he eye gouges first year players. Like he's a he's a dead set wanker at the best of times. And for him to come out and sook publicly after the game about a player doing like a dirty act to him. What toot did is dirty. There's no there's no disputing that. But for Zorko to just be the world's biggest hypocrite, yeah, hypocrite, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. the second time as well this year that we've like we've clipped Zorko for because what what he said about the Sicily tackle on McGluggage early in the year. As
1: yeah, well. yeah,
0: yeah. It's like Zorko, mate. Shut up. Just shut yeah. up. Just the way yeah. he said,
1: he's like, apparently now you can do this. And like, just, as if he's just like above doing anything yeah. that would get suspended.
0: You're not in any position to make comments about anyone doing anything on a football field besides like just playing the game. Like, just don't, just don't say anything, mate. Because you make yourself look like a fool and it's aggravating to like every AFL supporter who's not a Brisbane Lions fan.
1: I'll, yeah. I could I could go further with this as well because the vision that we've all seen it it could be damning if it's true, but it's like it's very hard to come up with a conclusive like yeah. the tackle happens so fast man. F- like when you is, see it, in slow-mo or you see the still shot of where Took's hand is, it looks bad. But like in the moment of a tackle, a hand can often land just anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's true. For, for me it's still like a two to three week thing. Like you said, you can't do that and, and get off lightly like he has. It, you know, maybe it was an accident, maybe it wasn't, but you don't see it happen to yeah. any other yeah. players. Like it, you know, it's the Q clash, it's sort of like a heated game, you know, bit of rivals. Two and Zorko have had issues before. It kind of seems like it might have been his deliberate thing. Not to say that it was, but that's that's the way that I saw it. But yeah, again, Zorko, man, just shut up. <laughs> There's nothing worse than someone who comes out after the game and is like calling for another player's head after an incident. Like What happened happened to the, you know, the player's code?
1: Yeah. So the hot bait goes just to everyone involved. Took, silly mate. Zorko, you're a peanut. MRO, what's going on? How'd you miss it? AFL, just let it drag on and then not really make a statement about it. I don't know. It was just, the whole thing was stupid.
0: Weird. So that's the first of three hot
1: That's the first of three. (laughs) All right, move move on. All right. The second one is a quick one and it's to Andrew McCalter for the handling of Marcus Bontempelli. On Friday night, <laughs> pre-game, they're just all kinds of confusing language coming out of Richmond all week leading up to that game. Talking about, oh yeah, we've got a big plan for Marcus Bontempelli, and, and then another assistant <laughs> co- coach comes out and says, oh yeah, yeah, like, um, no, nah, we're not going to tag, and then and then pre-game McAulter says, oh, actually, we, we've got a plan in place if we need it, and then Bont just dominates all game, drops a one fifty-one, three goals in the third quarter. Um, just smashes it. And I watched the whole game closely. I just couldn't see any attention into him the whole time. But then post game in the press conference, he goes, Oh man, it was just tough. We had, we tried three different blokes to shut him down, to stop him. Just, we couldn't, we couldn't get it done. Like
0: <laughs> it's bizarre. It <laughs> didn't seem like they tried very hard. I just don't believe it yeah, at all. It seemed like what, what they did was maybe just a quick, like, yeah, just stand on him at stoppage and you know, after that, let him do whatever he wants. Kind of thing. Because yeah, three guys, nah. Generally, if you if you rotate three different players onto someone and they're actually trying to tag, you can tag successfully. It's not that hard to I mean, you know, Bond still, he was in amazing Nick. He probably still would have had a massive game, but you know, he maybe wouldn't have had like 32 disposals and three snags on you. Maybe he would have had 25 and one or you know, it's not hard to, to limit the influence of someone. So I agree with you there, mate. What's your third bait? No,
1: no I just want to say, yeah, it's a, it's a good point because it's different. There's a difference between having someone on you at a stoppage and someone actually like there to limit your influence on the game. And like Finn McGuinness, that's a tag. That's what we call a tag. He's, a tag. His sole job is to stop you from influencing the game. He doesn't care about anything else. The coach doesn't care about him doing anything else. He just wants Finn McGuinness to stop that particular player. But everyone has someone on them at a stoppage. You know what I mean? So yeah, just yeah. standing next to him at the stoppage and then letting him go and run off is not a tag. You know what I mean? So I, do know. I don't know. I just... I, I, I feel like it's a coach just saving face or being like, oh, we didn't have an answer for it and he dominated us. Yeah. Of course he did your peanut. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, it's your turn. No, no, your turn. I'll get, I'll get, say, I'll okay. get to my last one. Okay. After well, yours. I've got a
0: hot bake and a hot praise. Uh, my bake... I'm not the first person to say this, and I won't be the last, but the Saints midfield is against Carlton. I wanted (laughs) wanted to flag it. I've written down some stats. They're winning by eight points at three-quarter time, the Saints. They end up losing by 19. But Crouch, Steele, Owens, and Clark were their four highest CBA getters for the game. In the last quarter, they combined for three disposals, three tackles, one clearance. Wow. Those four players combined for those stats in the last quarter. That is disgusting they got annihilated there's no other word for it annihilated they just ab- you, i can't even speak <laughs> you will not see a one quarter like a single quarter domination like that in a game for the rest of the year you won't you might not see it ever again i most. don't think i ever and have seen yeah entire midfield getting three disposals for a quarter is just piss poor so i wanted to give the saints a bake because they're fighting for finals and they just rolled over and got yep. and got absolutely creamed against carlton that's my hot bake well-deserved bake for the saints also, Steele and Crouch in that last quarter combined for minus two fantasy points. And I've got both in my team, so that was quite frustrating. Um, yeah, any, any thoughts? You've,
1: you summarise it very well. It's a piss-poor effort, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly
0: is, mate. All right, I'll get into my hot praise, and it's the Cousins... That's right. You and me for our captain stuff. <laughs> our captains are averaging 121. Shout out to me for the research. Hot praise for myself and hot praise for you, mate, for the quality, fantastic job you've done with the graphics for Insta and Twitter. Just it's it's terrific stuff, mate. And it makes the Cousins brand that much better. So
1: <laughs> hot praise for you, mate. Oh, and you too. Good, sir. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right. My final one is a bit of a, just a, a funny clip to an old friend. An old favorite of ours, Stewie Jew. Okay. <laughs> Another one for Stewie Jew. Here we go. Another bait for the big fella. Now, <clears throat> he got sacked a month ago, as we know. I'm not laughing at him getting fired. I just want to <laughs> throw that out there. I'm now, laughing in anticipation of the bait. <clears throat> now, he jumps straight on a plane to where, cuz? Do you know? Oh,
0: yes, I do know.
1: I do know, man. <laughs> you know where this is going? He went straight to England <laughs> to be a player mentor for the Australian men's cricket team in the Ashes. And you're telling me there's no coincidence (laughs) that the test team completely crumbled from the moment Stewie Jew joined the touring group as a player mentor? I'm blaming the big man for our woeful (laughs) (laughs) third and fourth and fifth test in the Ashes. So Stewie Jew, I I know we've already said one final bake, but there's your final one.
0: Good, sir. I salute you. Good job, mate. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a, a, a personal fave of the cousins at, in hot bake territory. Stewie Drew, mate. I feel, I feel sorry for the man, to be honest, but uh, yeah, no, that's a well-deserved bake. We did capitulate in Ashes the last two tests were, last three tests were disappointing to say the least, mate. Still retained, still retained. We, we did, but that's, yeah. No thanks to Stewie.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Okay, I'll kick us off with my good, and it's Marcus Bontempelli, the Bont, 151, Friday night VC. Unfortunately, neither of us are owners, but like we said, 30-3, and three, just a completely dominant game. He's the Brownlow favorite. There's not much else to say about Bont, just the fact that he's been dominant all year. He was dominant on Friday.
1: Yeah, we say it every week. He's so good, and it hurts to not own him. We're, we're fans from way back. He's our boy and we don't own him. It really does. We, we were owners most years, I think, for, <laughs> yeah. for like a four I've, or five years. I've owned him probably four years in a row at some stage in this year. I haven't started with him every
0: year. But. Yeah. And the, the one big breakout we haven't been owners, it is a bit frustrating, but I'm still going to try and look to get him in for the last round or two because I think his ceiling is just going gonna, gonna to really be on display for the last few games, trying to, trying to pinch the brown low off Dacos.
1: Yeah, I think so. All right, my good for this week is James Sicily, the sick dog. He's a beautiful man. Now, I called him the biggest flog of them all (laughs) a month ago when I brought him in for what? I think it was a 65. But I think with Sicily, you have to take the good with the bad. The bad can be a 65, but the good this week was a 160 with 19 marks. Hold your head up high, big fella. And... It's funny, like when he's going badly and he's got that grumpy face on and it's just like, it's so easy to hate him. But when he's good, the grumpy face just makes you so just giggly and it's, it's just a joy to watch. He just mean mugs him. Yeah. 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 Intercept marks, just, just crazy junk, just all over the place. The crazy thing is, he's actually not taking many kick-ins. I think Hardwick took like almost all the kick-ins, but they just they just give it to him. They feed it to him. He's finding players, lace out, inside 50, just dominating all game they just had nothing for him and he helped the hawks win so good on you sick dog i love you mate
0: all right my bad now i've been waiting to bake this guy for a few weeks to be honest he's in my team he was almost my flog noah anderson for his 84 now you hear 84 and you think there's nothing wrong with that but he's got a five round average of 94 and three 80s in the last four weeks he hasn't scored 120 for six weeks It's not good enough, man. It really is not good enough. I'm so frustrated seeing this guy slowly start every week and then just get to a respectable score. Guess what? I don't respect 80s anymore, Noah. (laughs) The respect is gone. You've worn out your welcome in my team. You've worn out my patience. I'm sick of it, mate. I'm so sick of it. Every week, he's a liability in the midfield. I chose him over merit. Again, five-round average of 94. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. So next week, he's on the block for me. I can't wait to see the back of him, to be honest. It just – where's the ceiling, Noah? Where's the ceiling? Where's the consistency? Where's He where's should have a huge one. Last year he had a big one. Even this year he – He dropped a 159 early in the year. But crazy. He, he went on that crazy run and then since then, 80s, 70s, 90s, he's dropped f- like four eighties since his last 130. It's like, come on, I man. can't it's work seven. out
1: with Noah what the correlation between the good and bad scores are There's with, nothing, the, actual, with the actual games. You know, it's like, it's just it a lot of, It's not role related. It's just sometimes sometimes he dominates, yeah. sometimes he doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he is a terrific AFL player, but not quite there for fantasy. He's, he has chops though, man. It's so frustrating. He does, and he's still young. He's a premium. He's just not an uber premium. Um, And maybe it's my fault for seeing him as something that he's not, but stuff you, mate. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> yeah, picking him over... Zach Merritt ten weeks ago is one of the one of the most painful Damien Barrett sliding doors moments you'll get.
0: It's an all time clangor. Zerritt has dropped like four one fifties in that time. Oh, I think three one fifties, a one forty, just gone on an absolute monster tear. So, yeah, it is an all time sliding doors moment. Maybe things would be different. I'd probably be in finals, still be alive the subs this, probably this year. But
1: yeah, there you go. All right, it's time for my bad, and I'm giving it to Josh Dunkley for his eighty one. Which is a very ordinary performance from Dunks and totally out of character. I I don't know. Is it is he still hampered by that injury? Like he can't. I, I know there was a lot of talk about it last week when, <clears throat> when everyone came out with their captains. All the, um, all the content creators talked about their captains and had Dunkley high. And I know I saw a few people question whether he should be up there because he he on his podcast with Adam Trelaw went and said that a calf tear is something that you carry for multiple weeks, even after you keep playing. So he was saying he's still sort of carrying the injury, but then last week we saw how good he looked regardless played solid time on ground. So I thought, ah, oh, he must be over it now, but this week he had low time on ground. It just looked nowhere near. It kind of looks like early season dunks. So I don't know. I, I expect him to bounce back next week.
0: But yeah. yeah. Just not good enough. Bit of an interesting one. He, he let down the cousins captains this week. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I think maybe you just steer clear of VC and C for for the remainder of the year, or maybe this week. I don't know. After not really passing the eye test at all, it is a bit of a concern. But he's probably still going to be. You know? I don't. I don't expect him
1: to have two bad games in a row. That's why uh, you wouldn't I, think I, I would, so. I, it's just just out of the blue, and then he'll be
0: back. Cool. All right. My ugly this week. I've gone with the Shees. Harry Shees for his fifty three. A lot of people thought he was a primo. There was people still bringing him in because he's he's got a relatively soft run for the rest of the year, but 53, it's just a gross score. That it, It's probably the sole reason that a lot of teams were eliminated from their finals this week. Um, yeah, fifty-threes is just not going to cut it in fantasy finals.
1: Not even close. It's weird because he still had the role, but just couldn't, just couldn't find get the it. footy. Zeebs is all over him, mate. Ooh. ooh hoo we Zeebo. Zeebs. Um, we'll, get, we'll get to that discussion a little bit later, but Zebes. Yep. Zeebs. All right, my ugly for this week is Jack Steele. You touched on it before that last quarter that he had, but what what on earth kind of season is this man having? So weird, so so weird. Yeah. Just when you thought he was back, he drops a 59,
0: 11 disposals for an entire game. Yeah, man. 11 disposals and 10 tackles. What a weird weird stat line. He he's the captain of the club as well. The team's fighting for finals. You just expect a bit more from him. I, I Especially coming off some form, like three or four weeks of like really, really solid form in, a, in a, an important game for the Saints. Like he wasn't tagged. I don't know. I don't know what the issue was. I heard. I heard people say that he tagged Crips. What? I uh, I don't know.
1: No. Apparently, apparently he he sort of does a job on Crips every time they play. I, I like. I've heard. I've
0: heard it thrown around there that Crips is his bunny. Don't think it's a. Don't think it's a tag though. Cripp still had 10 clearances, so. (laughs) Well, there you (laughs) go. Didn't do a great job on him if he did. But
1: regardless, you can't have zero disposals in the last quarter of the game when it's on the line and he gave away two free kicks. 11. Yeah, that's bad.
0: (laughs) 11 disposals from an inside mid from an entire game is bad, let alone the captain. And then compare that to Paddy Dow, who played for Carlton and had 22. Double Jack Steele. What? It doesn't make any sense. Yikes, my brother. Sorry for the sorry for the clip on Paddy Dow there, but it's just <laughs> you know it, it's a, it's a good it's a good comparison. He had double what Steele had in yep. a, in a full game. I like it.
1: All right, I think that's it for our good, bad, and ugly, and we're going to move on to Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance whenever we're able. We do routine to call
0: the scenes to footwork impeccable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a Okay, night to the round table. I'll kick us off, Jados. We're going to discuss the Dacos injury, Nick Dacos, and the ramifications. What do you think? What do you what do, you, where, do you, where do you land with it? It's kind of for me in terms of replacements, I guess it's it's team to team dependent, but whoever's just the best available. Like I'm getting Sicily, I know that you're grabbing Doc cuz you don't have him. Um any left field options that you're considering? Well, actually te- uh
1: Technically, I'm getting Zebes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could look at it two ways. I'm getting in Zebes and Doc.
0: I'm also getting Zebes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> But you could see it a few ways. You could uh, sort of going Dacos to Zebes and then going Windhager to Doc. Or you could see it as Windhager to Zebes and Dacos to Doc. Either way, I'm getting a primo out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the exact same trades except grabbing Sisley when you're grabbing Doc. I think. Yeah, like I said, it's best available. Whoever you don't have, um, if you really starved for cash, we're going to talk about some options later in each line that you can look at.
1: But yes, yeah, sorry, I, let me clarify. The best thing to do is to get to the best primo yeah. that you can get. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with cheap options if your team is good. <coughs> Unfortunately, the two of us are still rolling with Windhager, so that's yeah. Um, we're, we're doing some different things, but yeah, if you if you're not a Sicily owner, go there. 100% go yeah, there for sure. against the dogs this week. I don't think they're going to tag him and they give up a lot of points to defenders. I think he's, I think he's due for a good one as well this week. Um, if you don't have doc, get doc. And then in terms of other primo options, they're a bit, they're pretty hit and miss. I mean, Daw- uh, yeah, if
0: you don't have Dawson, obviously Dawson as well. It's really just a massive lottery after those three, like Newman, Ryan, Sinclair, Stewart, all these guys you could look at seriously. You know, you could grab any one of them, I think. Um, In terms of us still having Windhager on field as well, it's funny because that is actually allowing me to do the trades that I want to do this week because I want to grab Zebes. He's just shot up to just a massive priority in my eyes. So my team to me now feels like done, great, fantastic.
1: We're both massive Zebes heads. Zebes. We've fans got, we've got to own him
0: one last hurrah with our man oh. with our man zeebs <laughs>
1: ride or die with Zebes. yeah i'm keen on it but honestly though he like with a little you know farewell retirement tour he could be anything <laughs> he gets insane junk anyway um do you remember when Maine retired like was it two years ago and he was just a crazy halfback just a junkie player. Was in
0: solid form. It's funny because I grabbed him for his last two games. Oh, we just, they were not. We're good, just right? average, but the rest was solid. Um, But yeah, Zeems has just been a, a crazy junk man all year. Think about his last game, what they're going to do. They're just going to feed him the ball. He could have like 40 touches and f- 15 marks or something absolutely ridiculous. He's actually averaging 102 in games that he has over 70% tog as well. So you expect that to, to be consistent for the rest of the year. There's only three games left. Um, he could he could average 120 for the rest of the year. In all in all, honesty, like, he could.
1: No, he could. He he actually probably has a huge score in the tank somewhere, whether it's this week or next week or the final week. There, there there it isn't without risk though, because he's still a sub concern. Like he could get subbed out at the end of any of those games.
0: He's probably a chance to actually be the sub as well in in you know one of the next couple of games before he actually retires. The other
1: concern that you flagged to me off air is that. Maybe they play him forward in his final game, yeah. because they want they want him to kick a goal in his last game and or or get around him. I could definitely see that. that i su- I suspect they wouldn't change their structure for that for a whole game, but maybe they throw him forward in like the last quarter or something.
0: Well, he's, he yeah, hes spent time forward as the sub in the, in the games that he's worn the vest, so to speak. I think I think he could in his last game, but it's still a risk I'm willing to take. He's like so cheap. K. He's so cheap. Yeah, I mean, he's so cheap. He's got a massive ceiling, and he's playing a, a super friendly role. So. Yeah,
1: I'm. L- I, I think the thing that sort of works in his favour is that he's just been so good whilst Clarko's been the coach. And as soon as Clarko came back this week, full game, and halfback. just was junky half back. Yeah, amazing. Like, and the game, the game style seemed to change. Like, I saw them kicking it sideways so much more. Straight to him. I don't know how Sheezel didn't get involved. I I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> um, they they yeah they looked very especially early on where he was he just went crazy, um, had an insane first half. I think was he on like almost ninety at halftime? Yep, something crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think eight eighty four or something. Yeah, it's just Seems is
1: the man. It's what he's. I love him. He's he's got the so fastest much. ton of all time. He officially is the fastest scorer we've
0: seen. <laughs> that's such a funny way of phrasing it but it's true alright cool let's move on now Clary is back this week hold just- on hold on hold on. just circling back to the
1: Dacos injury so we've talked about some options but what are the ramifications of that game and the thing specifically I want to talk about is Finn McGuinness.
0: you're pissing me off no,
1: no. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to deal with it because I've taken us back and I want to talk about Finn McGinnis I know we've talked about tags a little bit but I want to talk about Finn specifically because he is a phenomenal tagger probably the best I've seen in a long ever. time. maybe Yeah, probably ever. Ever.
0: I'm, I'm ready to court. The, the way that he just clamps, he's big. He's 189 centimetres, like 88 kilos. He's, he's big. He runs. He, ta- he just, he clamps. Like you can't get so off him. You cannot get off him. He's going to tag
1: Bont this week. He's he's the perfect because, he, yeah, you like you said, what, 192 centimetres? 189. So. 189. He's big. He's fast. He's the fittest. He's the best runner at Hawthorne. He so might he be the just best runner up. in the AFL. He can keep up with anyone, and then Sam Mitchell just says, "All right, go take Nick Dacos out of the game." And he makes it his sole mission. I watch it closely, like at the stoppages, his eyes are on Nick, like sort of peripherally, like looking where the footy is, but just like standing in between Nick and the footy every time, and just, just yeah, I it, I I can't explain how good he is. He's just it's, incredible. He and he's, he's had the most incredible pump up from the media this week. Kane Corns is like talking him up. Kane Corns is getting him on his show this week to talk about him, to talk to him. Um, after the game, Sam Mitchell pumped him up and then um, uh, Craig McRae afterwards was saying like, oh, you know, we're just like we're, we're trying so hard to get Nick into the game um, and it was just throwing a whole team out of whack and then that's like it was sort of using it as – the explanation of why the whole team was so bad because they were trying so hard and putting so much focus into getting Nick back into the game and throwing people all around. I think I saw Darcy Moore up the ground a little bit. They were just throwing people everywhere because they couldn't settle on spots for people. And it's like, man, if if the effect of one tagger can do all of that, I don't I don't see why Finn McGuinness isn't going to keep tagging for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, we said it last week. If you can take someone who's what you you know, 23rd best player offensively, and clamp the other team's best player as successfully as Finn McGuinness is doing, why don't you do it every single week? Uh, he, he's so good at tagging that I think he has the the potential to be an All-Australian as a tagger. <laughs> not 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 this year, certainly, because he hasn't really done the role as much, but the effect that he has as a tagger and the effect that that can have on winning, it would not surprise me next year if he tagged you know, 15, 20 times and was actually AA because he's that good at it. It's ridiculous. I think he's the best tagger I've ever seen. Because he's got, like I said, he's got that blend of size, speed, fitness, and he, he he just it's it's his entire mission is to just clamp. So yeah, I think he runs with Bont this week, and he was probably going to hold him to you know sub eighty. It's probably going to be Bont's worst game of the year if he runs with him.
1: Well, I hope they do it. I mean, I would, Sam Mitchell is a funny one because he knows Finn McGuinness is good, but he seems mostly reluctant to use him. Like round one, he tagged Merritt for half a game, it then did, released. He did it. well too. Yeah. Merritt was on thirty, I think it was like thirty-four at halftime or something. Thirty-five mm. was clamping him well. Um, he also did a job on. Oh, I've gone blank, but he's done. He's done a couple of like jobs on people for half a game, done really well, and then yeah. Sam Mitchell's just left it, and yeah. they've they've gotten off the chain after that.
0: I want to say I think a big part of that, like the reason that he hasn't tagged consistently this year is because Hawthorne is still trying to get development into a lot of young players, like in the midfield roles. Yeah. So it makes sense. He doesn't want
1: to use a midfield spot.
0: Yeah. So it makes sense. If you've got this guy, you know that he's good at it. You know, he can do the job to still, you know, while they're in a rebuilding year, run your other kids through the midfield and get experience into other players and still have Finn in your back pocket, you know, next year or, or, you know, in in the coming years when Hawthorne sort of rise up the ladder a bit more, I reckon he's going to do a job every week. Cause why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, no, it was Took last year. He kept he kept Took to like a 60-odd last year, I think. So the point being is that Finn McGuinness is a phenomenal tagger and expect him to tag Marcus Bontempelli pelly
0: this week. Cool. All right. I said it briefly before, but Clary is confirmed to be back this week. Um, in terms of fantasy implications, I don't really think there's too much to worry about. It might sort of change up Melbourne's midfield mix a little bit. I think you could jump straight on him if you're really hungry for a pod. He's such a talented player and was in such terrific form earlier in the year. I know he's just had a big layoff, but I don't think it's going to matter, man, to be honest. I just... I don't think you have to. You don't have to. I mean, you can if you
1: want a pod, but the thing is, there are so many good midfield options. Like, the midfield is the one place where there are no shortage of premiums.
0: Yeah, for sure. You certainly don't have to, but imagine... You know, you're in a do or die in in, in an elimination final or a semi final this week. Um, you bring in Clary, no one else is going to own him. I mean, even if you're chasing rank, no one else is going to own him because a lot of people aren't going to want to take the plunge. He could w- easily drop at one thirty this week. He could. He's he he's a beast, man. But <laughs> you just there
1: are too many unknowns. Maybe their manager's time on ground. Um, I don't think they're going
0: to. I think he's just going to go straight into the midfield, play like Max Tog, and just tear it up. That's that's the way I say
1: it. I just know that I've I've been burnt a few times picking guys straight off an injury. I prefer when, give me an example when you're paying uh, Jack Steele this year straight off the buyers. Yeah, team. that's different
0: though, is it? Yeah, it is. It, it genuinely is different though because Steele was still carrying an injury. Like he still yeah, but had- we thought after a week off, so
1: he hadn't played a game of footy for two weeks. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be right.
0: This yeah, but Clary he hasn't. But that was us like playing a guessing game and trying to. You know, b- Yeah, basically guessing that he would be fine after a week off. Clary's had a big block. Yeah, 11 weeks off and we're guessing that he's yeah, going to be good. It, it's the it, same thing. But it's n- but the way that it works, it's not like, okay, you're injured for 10 weeks and then as soon as your injury is better, you play. It's like you're injured for seven or eight weeks and then you have a little conditioning block to get your body right and then you play. He would have been running so many kilometers, kilometers and kilometers at training. He's going to be fine, mate. It Clary's not the type of player that, is going to come into the team and need like a week just to freshen up. He's just going to come back in and go bang straight away. He's such a beast. All I'm saying
1: is, if you're paying high 900k for someone, you could you could grab someone that's in form, has a good matchup. You know what I mean? Like all these things. But you could also
0: be unique and grab <laughs> the highest averaging. But you just look at your game. matchup. And I'm sure that game. I'm
1: sure there's a unique player that your opponent doesn't have that you could grab. Right. Parish has an easy matchup this week. Like Libba has an easy matchup this week.
0: Yeah, you, you're making good points, but again, it's <laughs> the, it's the highest averaging midfielder in the game. A guy who's been an uber uber primo for years now. We'll just ha- we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll disagree on this one. I'm saying Jados is saying don't do it this week. I've been I've been burnt too many times doing this and being like, yes, this is great. He's going to be my little pod, and then your pod. Drops an 80 and you go, why did I think that he was going to be the best pot of all time?
0: Keebs, Keebs is saying to do it. And if if you're keen on it, just grab him because things like this is how you win hats, mate. It's how you win yeah. cars. It's how you win head to head matchups in finals. I just, I love the man. I think he's right. going All right, cool. All right, let's move on. Um, Just a quick flag we've got down. The captains are going to come on Thursday. The captains have been averaging 121, already said it. Solid stuff. Um, but we haven't done the captain research yet this week. So we no, will but it's save, to come. save that for Thursday because um, I wanted to tell the listeners about a dream I had. <laughs> okay. I had this dream last night. I woke up. It was, it was really just nightmarish. It was. I woke up in sweats. I was scared. I sat up quickly in my bed. I had to get the miso to rub my back just to help me through it. Sam Flanders scored 45. He was on 45. Oh there God. was 12 minutes left in the game. And it was stressful, mate. It was on some weird backyard oval. It was a bit. It was a bit confusing, to be honest. But forty-five with twelve minutes left, and I'm scared. I'm so scared. I need you to. I don't <laughs> know what does this me, mean. Mate? No, I I had a bad dream too. <laughs> what, was it a, Was it a premonition? No, uh, I don't was know. Was it a
1: premonition? Was it Was it just a dream? yeah w- Yeah. Was it it- was, um, it was almost like a flashback. The dream was that I got stranded in Phuket. <laughs> Without my passport, I couldn't get home. I
0: thought you meant a, a fantasy No, no, a not fantasy, a fantasy dream, dream. But it, it
1: felt real and it was horrible. But
0: anyway. Hey, I'm sorry. That we're here to I'm talk so, about your dream. I'm sorry that you, that you <laughs> went through that, cousin. All right? Thank I, you. That care, means a lot. I care about you deeply, mate, and I don't want you to have <laughs> dreams like that. But was my dream a premonition? I don't know. I, I, I'm very <laughs> weary with
1: fantasy dreams. Yeah, like, look, I that. always like to take them as truth, but I, I think had, they just... It, they... Highlight your insecurities and your fears. And if anything, mm. it's just it's just that you're not completely sold on Flanders, you know? Hey, but he's been fantastic. I it,
0: just want to reassure you of that. Thanks, Literally. mate. Appreciate it. It is hilarious. I've had, I can recall three fantasy dreams. Hey, I've diddly. Had. This this being, this being the most recent. <laughs> I also had a dream that Basher Hooli dropped a 150. Didn't happen. I think he scored like a, a 50 that week. And then I had a dream that Connor Rose dropped a 140 earlier this year. And he didn't. It wasn't the week that he dropped to 140. He has dropped to 140 this year, but just on fantasy dreams, cousin, because it's an, it's an interesting talking point, have you had any weird ones that you would like to share on the pod? No. No no, fantasy dreams? None? No. Clearly you don't think about the game enough. <laughs> no, I have. I actually
1: can't think of any off the top of my head right now, though.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird how fantasy pops into your head while you sleep and you and you wake up thinking about it. It really does. It takes shows time how much it sometimes. means to us, yeah. It does. It means a lot at Cousins. Cousins <laughs> HQ. That's
1: why it's been such a just frustrating season for us, but anyway.
0: It has. He didly. What's that? What is that?
1: Is it Is that He didly Naberinos? <laughs> is that Ned Flanders? Must be time for our stupid sexy Flanders check in.
0: It feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Flanders.
1: This week, the sexiest piece of arse in the AFL missed out on his fourth straight game of 30 plus touches. He had 27 this week, but still getting it done with 94 points. It's a nice return on his price. And I just want to reassure you on your, you know, on your terrible dream that you had. There's nothing to worry about. This guy is just going to keep twerking out these good scores, mate nothing to stress about don't worry about your dreams it's just your own insecurities it's all good
0: thanks mate Flanders
1: Thank has got your back I've got your back
0: thanks mate that helps it does help <laughs> I feel I feel relief relief and optimism now <laughs> good all right beautiful okay let's move on to our final talking point and that is that we've gone through and had a quick look at the best underpriced options in each line just for people that are chasing some some value still. I know not everyone's teams are finished, and even some are. There's, you know, forced trades each week. Um, so we'll start with the defenders, and I've ranked them. I've got Zeebs number one, the big beautiful man that we've just discussed. Like I said, in games over seventy percent, talk is averaging one hundred and two, and I think the ceiling could just be enormous to end the year. Um, I've got Short at number two, Jaden Short, seven hundred and fifty-five k. Um, he's averaging ninety eight point six if you take out his injury earlier in the season. He's gone back to half back. The ins aren't quite where you would want them to be for sure, but I think he could get junky over the last over the last few rounds. Um, the last one I've got there is Hayden Young at seven forty k. He's averaging one hundred and one from his two games in the midfield. Played a bit more of an attacking role this week, even though he was <clears throat> sort of on Lockie Neal. Um, I think he could still average you know a hundred plus for the rest of the year in a midfield role. What's your thoughts? Man, I like all of them. I do. Um, Zeb's
1: highest risk, but also probably the highest reward at that price. Absolutely. Um, if you need to make a move on the other side, he's the one that I'd recommend for Dacos. Um, Hayden Young, I really like. He looked phenomenal in the midfield last week in particular. He's, he's been there two weeks in a row. Um, and um, Fremantle's midfield coach said a week ago that he's been petitioning to get Hayden Young in the midfield all season and finally got him in there and he looked at home. he looks really good. So I, I like that as a pick. There's only three rounds left. If you're, you know, you're just going to throw caution to the wind and just go for it. Then Hayden Young could be your guy. One extra one I want to throw at you. Uh, you mentioned his name very, very briefly earlier, not necessarily a value. Op- well, he is a value option, but he's on the more expensive side of value options. And it's Nick Newman. I think he's cheap for a primo. The numbers he's put up, he's got a five round average of 114. And Mask. we know this guy has always had crazy junky fantasy chops. I remember even as a rookie he had like a crazy good fantasy season. Um and yeah, like he, so he's gone 108 108 93 123 139 in his last five. He also has a crazy ceiling. He dropped a 164 earlier in the year. So Nick Newman, if you're in a do or die He's only, I think he's mid 800k. Let me get the exact 8, number. 838k. There you go. Low 800s. That's yeah. that's a value. That's a value primo in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I really like it as an option if you're chasing someone that has a ceiling as well. These sorts of players are super fun to own as well. I think coming like coming towards the end of the season, not a lot of people are going to own Newman. So if you can get him as a pod, nice point of difference there. Um, yeah, he could drop some drop some big scores for you. Cool. All right, I'll move on to the midfield. I've gone Tom Green at eight seventy one k. He, I think, is the pick of the underpriced Uber premiums. I'll call them. He's kind of like a stone's throw away from those other guys in terms of price. Um, if you're really chasing someone that has a ceiling, he's come back with his one forty one. I just he's having such a terrific year. He dropped a one seventy. Uh, early in the year as well he's just he, he's one of my personal favorites now as well it was, it was quite upsetting to watch the 141 because i owned him all year and i had to trade um yeah he's number one in the mids anyway i've got Took there at number two at 800k i know you're still a bit salty at the man for being a, a nut grabbing idiot but <laughs> um you know we know what Tuke's done in the past he's, he's so cheap 120 for a season 800k is so cheap and you know he could be a top eight mid from from here to the end quite easily um the last one i've got in the mids is matt crouch at 728k and hold the phone it's time for the brothers of destruction (laughs) check-in matt and brad crouch now this week matt crouch had one goal 31 disposals seven tackles for a 120 and brad also had one goal 31 disposals nine tackles for a 126 they averaged 123 the brothers of destruction the crouch brothers bang what do you think about the new check-in i love it it's great the
1: only thing i don't like about it is i don't own either of them so i own them pain. both
0: yeah both of them in the subs it's a family affair at the super subs it's beautiful stuff all right yeah. but he's averaging 102.3 from his last three games as well matt crouch so it's impressive stuff he's back He is back he's back i'm, I'm calling it he's back I hope, I hope he gets paid at the end of this year as well. Just quietly free agent, Matt Crouch. I love the man. All right. We don't have any in the rucks, although we do have Luke Jackson as a forward at seven thirty four K. Um, he's got just a super soft run for Rux. He's coming off a career high. What he did against Brisbane was just crazy. He had three scoring shots, like 24 disposals, 40 hitouts, just massive, massive stat line. He um, went full
1: freak show. Like it, he did he dominate. He could have scored a lot more as well. Um, yeah, he was on 200 watch in Supercoach as well. He got pretty close. I think he dropped a 170-something. But he comes up against West Coast, who are already an easy ruck matchup, an easy anything matchup, and Bailey Williams just got suspended for a week. So yeah. he's coming up against a ruckless West Coast. Even even easier.
0: Yeah, 734k.
1: I like it as a smokey for someone. If you need someone cheap and you need to win this week, Luke Jackson is your guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. They've got just a soft run to the end of the year. So West Coast, as you said with that, Williams, they play Port next week, who are just super easy for Rucks to score in as well. Um, Then the Hawks to end, who are sort of a middling team. They were hard earlier in the year, but they're sort of becoming easier by the week. Um, Anyway, the rest of the forwards, I've got Butters at 818K. He's got a three-round average of 106, coming off 130 against Geelong. Um, He had a bit of a dip in form, but that seems to have subsided now, and he's just back to doing what he does best. And the last one I had there as a forward is, is the Zeebs again. He repeats 605K. As I said, massive on Zeebs this week. I think he could just have a massive ceiling to end the year. Clarko back and he's playing that junkie role. So there you go. Anything to add? Um, Not for forwards, but another name just popped into my head. Mitch Hinge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I know it's such a weird one, but
0: what are I, your thoughts? I sent you a Hinge stat. He actually has a seven round average of 95. That is solid form. I think he's a bit on the expensive side in terms of, um, you know, a price that you would feel comfortable paying in classic, but he's certainly one for the watch list. I think for next year, he's, he's going to be real underpriced. If he's playing that half back role and getting a bit of junk, I've always kind of liked him. even Even when he played for Brisbane, I remember watching him run down the wing one game, just thinking, yeah, this guy's got, this guy's got potential. So, it's good to see him having a bit of a breakout. And yeah, I think he'd, he'd be one for next year, but not one that I'd want to jump on now. It's interesting. Well, he's he's 725K,
1: so he is he's value in my opinion. He is
0: value, but in terms of defenders, like I'd probably prefer, you know, Newman, Zebel, Short Young, those aforementioned guys yeah. over him.
1: Okay, one more name. This, this is more like just I'm just floating pods. They're not necessarily the greatest value,
0: but Bailey Scott? Nah. Nah. No. No? He, he, he recently had quite a poor game. Um, he was good this week. Would it was a couple good? of weeks ago, but since then he's gone a nine, 94 and a 105. He's been in form for you know, a prolonged part of sort of the second the second half of the season. Um, he's actually having a really good year, but I, I don't think he's one that I'd want to bring in in fantasy, in, okay. in classic. Also probably one for the watch list for next year. Um, still somewhat underpriced based on what he, what he has been doing recently. So there we go. We've got one more talking point left, and that is the introduction of the official – Hold on a second. What's that, cousin?
1: It's the sound of hooves. It's time for the Baby Giraffe check-in. Giraffe. 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 (laughs) Riley O'Brien, as we like to say, is unrivaled on the pitch and is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of fantasy greatness. And this week, I found out... Rob is the leading hit out winner for 2023 and he came up against wits who is widely regarded as the best tap ruckman in the league and is number two for hit outs. So it was clash of the Titans this week. And guess who came out on top? Our boy, Rob had two more hit outs than Yeah, buddy 41 hit outs from those beautiful angelic hands. And he is officially the most dominant tap ruckman in the game. Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob, let's go. We love In Rock Rob. round as well. Officially we crowned.
0: Rob. Officially crowned the best hat, rockman. The most hit outs for the season. I think he's entering greatest of all time status, to be honest. <laughs> Much maligned, Rob, but we love the man. We absolutely love the man. And I'll tell you what, he does not get his flowers enough from just the general media a lot of a lot of crow's fans as well are just not not really on the on the rob train, but we are at the cousins pod. Category B pod is also on the rob train. Shout out to the category B boys. we love Rob,
1: don't we we do we sure do it's just good to hear, isn't it great to hear but yeah i'm sorry I'm very sorry for um interrupting your point that you were on Absolute and I'll let dominance. you go as you were
0: thank you, thank you, sir. all right. the last point that we have for our k o t r t is that a f l w fantasy the official game it's here. It's here, cousin. It's here. I've made a team. I know you're in the process of making a team. It's exciting. It's exciting. The reason that we've got this as a talking point, I think, is just because of the sheer importance and 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 importance. I don't know what I was going to say. You've got nothing else to add <laughs> that, to that. That it's brought to <clears throat> AFLW. I think it's just a massive boon for the game.
1: Um, I think so too. I think there's going to be a lot more eyes on the game, absolutely. which is cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch lots of games. I'm excited to cheer on my team um i'm excited to make my team i still haven't done it yet but see, yeah it's pretty cool
0: and it's cool it's already on the app i, I see it every time yeah, i log it in it is yeah if, you, if your app hasn't updated update it now and you, you'll get the aflw game there takes you to the website um yeah i made my team the night that it came out spent a couple hours on it and i'm excited mate excited yeah. fantasy sports just adds such a different dynamic to to viewing games um, yeah, an
1: addictive element to it
0: it really <laughs> does and it's gonna i think it's gonna bring a lot more eyes to aflw which is of course, what we want. Um, so yeah, just a massive, massive win for the game. Well, fantasy just brings people to the, even just to the most
1: unwatchable footy games. I reckon.
0: Yeah, it does. Like a- any any sports, really. Like I play, I play NBA fantasy. I play AFL fantasy. We played EPL fantasy. Well, sorry, uh, uh, World Cup fantasy. World Cup fantasy. Um, BBL fantasy. We've yeah, BBL, BBL fantasy. Like f- fantasy just adds such a such a great element to to the games. It brings eyes in, and it just makes it makes there be stakes in every game, essentially. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to bring a lot more eyes to to the sport, which is awesome. Yeah. Let us know if you want us to make any
1: AFL women's content for the fantasy, because we, I mean, we don't know. We've never played it before, but we're kind of just going to have a crack. Maybe we'll, we'll tweet our teams out there and yeah, we'll see if we're doing well and we, we fancy ourselves a shot. Maybe we'll keep making more content Play around you. it. Of course yeah.
0: you can win a Toyota Corolla as well, which is, which is an awesome, awesome prize. Only, only a 10 week season too. So um, I think you know the more people that play, get 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 your chance at the the Corolla, bring some eyes to the sport. Mm. It's
1: a, it's great. Actually, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about with this AFLW fantasy, and it's just about how the rules are different to our uh, normal AFL fantasy for the men's game. I think it's kind of cool that they have three trades a week, and I thought, I wonder what the like what normal fantasy would be like if we had less of a salary cap at the start. Like we couldn't just start with as many primos, but we had three trades a week for the season. If that would make teams more different or just it would be a very different game, but I was just just thinking about how what how this season has gone and how teams have been so similar and it's felt easy. Wait, so quote we'll, unquote.
0: So less salary cap. Yeah, so you could trades.
1: so you had to start with like more rookies or just or you really had to be like, okay, I'm gonna start with like weird mid prices Mm. um or just like find value in places that you you just wouldn't ordinarily think but you're sort of forced in that direction i think it would make teams more different
0: yeah it it certainly would i think make teams more different it would add it would add a a more enjoyable element to the game as well because it feels like we we say it every week but it it sort of does feel like the game has been a bit too easy so less less money um you know less primos in each starting team and and having to yeah, look and, for a bit more left But it also makes
1: it more different. of a trading game as well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I just thought that would be more interesting than it's really like you're thinking about, okay, am, am I prior, prioritizing cash gen in these kinds of ways early in the season and then like storming home because you can quickly change your team with three trades a week. It also would like, I know the game has been easy, but it's also been frustrating this year, the amount of carnage that there's been, like feeling my team is stagnated because of the carnage. Or it's like when you have three trades a week, it's like you can sort of sideways that one primo that gets, that is out for a week due to these random suspensions or anything really. And then still do like a downgrade upgrade with the other one. So you still, you don't have these frustrating weeks where you're like, oh, why is it always my team? Like, yeah, Do you get what I mean? But 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 the starting part of the season is harder.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I for one, I, I like the two trades a week to be honest because Carnage does add sort of, Another element to the game and it makes it a little bit more challenging i would just like to see pl- players be priced higher to to you know so, so we can start with less uber premiums have that's to, what have i mean more yeah. prices I, I would like to see that change come in but in terms of trades i think i like the two per week in in just in, in the normal men's game um yeah i think three although it would make starting scores harder making that change it would it would probably make the end of season outcome a little bit easier to achieve like we'd probably finish teams or maybe maybe on par with what we do now with an extra trade each week it's pretty significant think about all the stuff you can do in the buys like some weeks in the buys you can do two upgrades in one week without having cashed up prior like it's pretty significant
1: yeah, it was just a thought. I'm just curious to see how it goes when we play AFLW Fantasy. And just to see yeah. what... Because I remember really actually enjoying the 2020 season when we had three trades a week. Yeah, do you it, remember that? It was it was a, bit it was a weird <laughs> season because scoring was completely different. But I do remember having a shocking start to the year but feeling like I was just like... I don't know. It, I just, just felt really attached to my team that year. I came home so strong. That was my worst year by far. Yeah, I 20, remember my overall, I th- my overall rank ended up being like 4k I think I I finished ahead of you I think but
0: yeah I was like 11k mate it was my worst year by far yeah okay by far
1: yeah (laughs) but I I just remember just enjoying having three trades a week
0: yeah it was coming from behind
1: Maybe, maybe that's why I enjoyed it because I had a good end to the year I don't know but just feeling like I could come back because there was lots I could do I could fix up issues but this year I just feel like I've just been trying to patch up Ad, like holes in a ship that is just slowly sinking and two trades a week. It just hasn't been enough. I don't know. Even though my team is quote unquote complete, <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's hard to describe, but it's just been a very frustrating run since the buys. fair. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a weird year this year, but,
0: all right, cool. Oh, one more thing. Sorry, on our AFLW fantasy, is that Selby's game is also still still open for this year. So
1: yes, don't forget about Selby.
0: So there's yeah, there's there's two. There's the official AFLW fantasy and Selby's version of AFLW fantasy. Um, Marrera's magic. That's the one. Go and on, go and check that out as well. Cool. All right, that wraps up nights of the round table for this week. Let's get into our listener questions now, Cuz.
1: All right. So the first question we have is from John, and it is. If Zebul continues to get a full game, is it time for Sheezel to be traded? What do you think?
0: I'm unsure if the two correlate too much. I think she's maybe just had a bad game this week. I, I think it's time for Sheez to be traded anyway, to be honest. Um, again, though, I, I'm not sure if the two correlate. I, I'd still be looking to move off Sheezel though.
1: Yeah, that's it is weird. I've, I feel like I watched most of that game, not all of it. And... Yeah, I just couldn't really see Sheezel very much. He was like totally just nowhere near it in the first half. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily because of Zebul though. We we've seen that they can score together, so yeah. But I think you're right. It's probably time for Sheezel to go anyway. Yeah, considering he? he's capable of dropping a fifty even when he has the role. He's a first year player. Just yeah, exactly. There there are guys we've seen. We've seen some defenders really put their hand up for that top six position. Newman has um has been awesome. Nasiah Wanganin Miller has been awesome.
0: Not this week, but generally has he's been awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh even Will Day is sort of putting up bigger scores than Sheezel at the moment. So there are guys that are sort of, you know, I, I would feel more comfortable with in my team, especially if you had Sheezel unique in a matchup in final. So Absolutely, I reckon you can trade him. But also, I wouldn't be too surprised if he bounced back with a small ton. The good thing, though, is that he doesn't have a huge ceiling. Yeah. So he, he's not going to absolutely burn you if he if he bounces back.
0: No, I agree. Z- Zeebel also had six kick-ins this week. Sheasel's numbers were down to three. So um, in that regard, Zebes is, is definitely taking it up the kick-ins. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's time for Sheasel yeah. to go anyway.
1: Yep. all right. The next question is from Leo, and he says, Matt Crouch, short- or jackson
0: it's a tough one pick one it it really is a tough one because they're all in different lines um in terms of scoring ability matt crouch is the one that i'd i'd want but he's also the furthest away from being top of his line so it's 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 a hard question to answer in terms of yeah if you want just the highest scorer i'd probably be looking at matt crouch um Closest to top six, Luke Jackson. So I guess my verdict would be Luke Jackson first.
1: I'm kind of also Luke Jackson. Just with the ceiling that we just saw, with the matchup he's got this week and next week. Yeah. So if, he, if you have two
0: must-win matchups, I think Jackson actually is probably your guy. Yeah, he, Yeah. he could easily outscore Crouch this week, actually. And next week against Port. So if I had to rank them, it would be Jackson, Crouch, and then Short,
1: yep. last. Yep, same. Great. All right, those are our listener questions for this week. <laughs> Me.
0: he will return tonight sorry he will return tonight indeed it's time for the cousins crystal ball it's goofy time i love it i'm so excited it's my favorite time of the pod cousin now last week you said darcy parish would not be in the top six scoring players in the essendon west coast game in round 21 he was the second highest scorer what have you got to say for yourself
1: I'm just I can't believe how this whole thing has played out to be honest. I've got a bit to say. So I've got a bit to <laughs> you, say. You, okay. you, you you stitched me up on Twitter again. And this is this is the thing I'm most mad about because sorry. I you try and make it sound like my my prediction wasn't even that bold. And I, what, what on Twitter? Huh? On Twitter? No, just on the podcast and then on t- On Twitter Yeah Anyway Everyone (laughs) seems to think That my prediction Wasn't very bold And in my own head I'm like It's gonna Like Darcy Parrish Is gonna drop a massive score
0: Why am I even making This prediction so why did you make the prediction? Because it was bold, but no one believes me. You're not supposed to make cousins. Crystal ball is not about making outlandish predictions. It's it's bold predictions, but predictions that you believe. But this in. is this is the thing. This
1: is why I'm mad because I feel like I get stitched up every week you when you me go. Up. When you go, oh, it's just not bold you enough. You do that and then, to so, me every so, week. So I come in uh, now. I'm like, okay, I just got to get more bold with it, I guess. And then to the point where I'm I'm just predicting things I don't even think. And then I still get told it's not bold enough people on twitter don't think it's bold enough and then it's just it's just not even remotely close to coming true and i'm like why did i even predict that I, i'm just everyone's
0: out to get me everyone's against me cousin <laughs> to be fair you also do that to me say that my predictions are not bold enough so it goes both ways mate it goes both ways but you were wrong this week mate and how, how do you how do you feel about it? bad good happy so could you not
1: hear the tone of my voice cousin?
0: <laughs> could so, you not hear it Sorry, mate. All right. Well, this last week I said that Matt Crouch would average 100 plus for the rest of the season. And everyone thought it was so bold. And, he and I a agreed one, with you. As soon dro- as you said it, I was like, he's going to do it. He dropped a 120. <laughs> what a guy. Matt Crouch. Just just quietly as well. With last three weeks we've put polls on our cousin's Twitter to see who who the, the cousin's listeners think that, who, who's, whose prediction is more bold. And three times in a row I've got you, mate. So you're going to have to go even more bold this week. Even more bold. You got to win one before the end of the year. You got to, you've got to win a poll about having the bolder prediction. Otherwise, what are you doing? What are you doing? Tell me. I'm
1: done. I t- I'm <laughs> so mad. You're just poking the bear, mate. You just, you just got a stick. You're just poking me. All right, well, Mr. Let's move bear, on to our Let's move on to our predictions for this week already, Mr. Bear. What is your prediction for this week? All right, Zeb's to go one fifteen plus this week. Back to back big scores.
0: Have you, have you got, you've got two for me as well, don't I've you? I've got two for you right, because so,
1: you said you had two. So you, I quickly came up with another one. All right, you do one. I'll do
0: mine now and then you go again. Then I'll go again. All right. All right, all right. Cool. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> 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 I didn't know if you were going to do both of yours or nope. if it was going to go one on one. I'll do mine. And it's funny as well because my bold prediction for this week is that Zeebs is going to have at least one more 140 plus score between now and the end of the year. I don't think that's bold at all. What? You said he's going to score 115 this week. I said he's going to score at 140. Yeah, well, now yours, the, end of the, year. the probability you of talking yours. talking about, you absolute peanut? There's no way you think yours is more bold than mine. Because I'm, I'm being called specific. A 140. You've yeah. called it 140. You a called it 115
1: this week. The thing is, though, mine is specific to this week. Yours has three
0: weeks to happen. Oh and- It's a 140. And he's going to have a retirement game. Tell me how many 140 Zeebs have scored this year. One is the answer. One, yeah, but he's gonna have a retirement. He's gonna have retirement tour, cause yeah, but a one hundred and forty is enormous, mate. What did he one fifteen <clears throat> this week is nothing. He scored that like five nothing? five times this year. You are you are an absolute wally, mate. We, we'll put, we'll put that poll on Twitter, and you will get absolutely eviscerated. Really, I am telling you right now, one hundred percent. I believe. Well, yeah. Well, people just see the number and go, Zeb's 140, Zeeb's 115, I think 140. So you're, you're saying People how, won't even read it properly. What you're doing now- You're stitching me up is again, You're, you're attacking our listeners, mate. <laughs> and I won't stand by it. Someone's got to be
1: the voice of reason. Someone's got to stand by the listeners. Cousin, cousin. Not everyone on Twitter is one of our listeners. Our
0: sweet- I them. believe in our listeners, though. Our sweet and beautiful listeners and Twitter followers will vote with their minds. All right, listeners. Which are- Genius.
1: Listeners, if you're listening to me right now, vote on mine, please. My bot <laughs> army will take it. me to the promised land. He cast. needs it.
0: I'll give you your 115 if you give me my 140. I feel like mine's more bold than yours. You feel like yours is more bold than mine. You've got three weeks, though. To, to drop a 140. It's a 140, mate. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> He's coming over a 140. Like thirty eight exactly, and, and you he, just caught him to score a one fifteen, which is twenty three points less than what he scored. Yeah, this but I'm week. saying this week, Clark so Clark it means st- that he would go Clark back st- to back huge games. Clarko's still the coach. one fifteen is like huge. It's good,
1: it's great, even. But it's oh, it's just huge. okay, isn't it? I'll. Would you take a one fifteen plus? Yeah, I
0: would from I, a guy at six hundred k? I'll take a one fifteen plus, but it's not that. It's not that bold oh. in comparison to mine. <laughs>
1: You're a goose, man. You're, you're, you're the a goose. goose. No, we'll put this poll no, on no, Twitter. No, no, you do no. this. You
0: do this every week, and you're wrong every week. Mine, are you're so manipulative. Poor you're so manipulative. You're making people think things that are not true. Let's move on to our next one. The fans vote with their. The fans vote with their heads and their hearts, and they're right every damn time. What's your next one?
1: <laughs> Mills to go back to back one ten plus.
0: All right. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'll give that to you. Yep. I've got merit 140 plus this week. This week. 140 plus. Do you think 140s are just not big scores? That think? Well, 140, that's easy. P- no, piece no, no, of cake. no. 140 is massive. That's like number one C option type of stuff, mate. Uh, mm, I- Do you. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Before you say that, every damn time I. I'm much more willing to agree with yours than you are with mine. And you've come on the pod saying, you do this to me every week. It's you. You're the one doing it, mate. No, I'm no, the one no, no, no. I'm the one who's agreeable. And it's like, yeah, mate, you know what? That's bold enough. Mill's 110. Merit 140 is not bold enough for you. You are a flog. <laughs> a dead set flog. Will you let me speak? Yes, I will. Right. But you better say something good, mate.
1: <laughs> Merit has gone 140 plus. A number of times in the second half of the season. Basically every third week.
0: 140 is a bold score. And he
1: plays... Who does he play? North Melbourne, North. right? Yeah. Easiest team for mids to score against. It's, and you're you're predicting him to score 140 plus, which he does. But it's a 140 he's plus. Do, do you understand He's done it big, five times this year. Do you, do you understand? That's quite a lot of times. It is quite a lot of times. It's more
0: times than Mills has gone 110 plus this year. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it, absolutely it is. But... In in terms of just actual scoring output, a one forty is much harder to achieve than a one ten. Yeah, but Mills. Mills that's average, not the point. Mills I, averaged like one sixteen that. last year. Yeah, but he's playing a different role. He's Merit playing didn't mostly average, wing. Merritt didn't average one forty last year. You're pissing me off. Are you pissing <laughs> me off? <laughs> I don't understand how you are hearing <laughs> one forty and you're like, you know All what? Right, this that's is the, this is ca- the
1: one that needs to go on Twitter because this I've, is-
0: I've got two. I've gone two <laughs> with one forties and you're telling me neither is bold enough. One forty is massive. It's you're massive. Just, you're just if, using the number to make it seem like. Tell me how how you would feel if Merritt was your captain and he scored one forty this week. <coughs> I'll be like, of course he did. Do you know out out of all our bold predictions that have tried to call massive <coughs> scores this year, only one of them is hit? Are you all right, mate? You're having a fit. You're causing me to die. Do we need to take a tea So you can cough your
1: <coughs> No we're all good Coffee You can up. have it You can have it But I want you to put it on Twitter Because I am curious about this Okay so w-
0: Which <clears throat> are, we, are we putting both on Twitter? We're I'm more curious about both. the Mills and Mills, Merit one to Mills be honest I, I'm gonna get you man I'm telling you In both I reckon I'm confident okay, Alright All right, mate you've, you've you've called a You've called a 110 and a 115 I'm just sick of this
1: segment at this point You reckon
0: it's more bold than my 140s What I'm where, sick of you Where I'm do, sick do of you this get segment. off? <laughs> Seriously, mate. <laughs> no, okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll put the polls on Twitter. Be sure to look out for them and vote. I'm keen. We'll, t- we'll, we'll, talk, about it. we'll talk about it on the pod next week. Let's move on to Fantasy Proverbs.
1: Fantasy Proverbs.
0: It's time for Fantasy Proverbs, your favourite segment. Now, Cuz, you're going to kick us off this week. What have you got? Well, I've got two for us this week, and they're both
1: from actual AFL-related Media. Media, content, whatever you want to call it. All right. First one comes from a post game interview, and I'm going to do my best to do a James Sicily impression. He goes, Look good, feel good, play good. How good? <laughs> 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 and I heard it this morning and it just resonated with me the way, you know, he was he's up and about. And I think we've been playing the game wrong this whole time. We've been basing our picks based on form, role, history, matchups, but the key, as James Sicily says, is to look good. If you look good, you feel good, and then you play good. We need to start picking the good-looking players. The good that's looking what I've
0: realised. Who have you got in mind? Run us through some sexiness. Bailey, Bailey Smith doesn't do it for you, does nah, he? No, definitely no way.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot here. I don't know. What do you? What do you mean? Charlie Kerno. You're <laughs> you're a Kerno fan, are you? Uh, yeah. What does it? I reckon what, he's a good-looking man. What does it for you about him? <laughs> I'm a straight I'm a straight male, so I, I, you've,
0: you've really put <laughs> you me on the spot <laughs> yeah had to say that he's, didn't got, you, mate? he's got the curly
1: locks. <laughs> you had to say that for the list just so they know the truth <laughs> well you, you, you have put me on the spot. I don't know I didn't think this far ahead. I just I've realized this is the issue with my fantasy season though, and James Sicily is just it just resonated with me you know D-
0: does he look good the sick? Is he he, yeah man? when
1: he's grumpy he's got something, he something about <laughs> it's a mean mug on him and you're like all right.
0: all right I'll get into mine you can you can launch into your second one after and it's from Fight club Tyler Durden, and Brad Pitt and it's this it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything now you might be down and out if you've been eliminated from finals if you didn't even make finals you, you might be sort of just chugging along waiting for the end of the year to come but people don't be upset. Now is the time to get creative with your teams. Matt Crouch, Zeeble, Short, these kind of guys that you wouldn't consider if you were really contending for a cup. You can bring them in now and feel great about it. You've lost finals, but you're free to do whatever you want with your team now. Get creative. Have fun with it. Just enjoy the rest of the year. That's my proverb. I
1: like it. It's good. It's fun time. It's go it time. Is. It's fun time. time. It's, it's, it's play, play time. It's play time. I like that. It's play time <coughs> for
0: the big Jay Zeebs. I'm excited. Nice. I'm excited.
1: All right. My turn again, is it? It is. It is. All right. I don't know if you're going to like this one, but here we go. With all the champions they like to send us, we'll keep up our no, we'll keep our end up and they will know that we've been playing Oh, I've butchered this so you hard. You
0: have butchered it. you absolutely
1: butchered it, mate. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Plough through. Yeah, of course. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark blues. It's the Navy blues. Carlton theme song. <laughs> Team song. We might have to dub the actual song over that. Just to- yeah, that was, that was atrocious. I'm very sorry. But <laughs> if this song can inspire Carlton to go from a six-game losing streak to a seven-game winning streak, then I'm putting it in my ears this week. It's, it's going to inspire me to bounce back. You're the Cousins Resurgence.
0: Listen to it on your runs.
1: On my runs. Listen to it at work. On the gym grind, on the way to work, at work. You're going to get- I won't even listen to the kids, mate. Just, you're
0: going to get the kids to play it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, in <sure>. band.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds good. No, but listeners, you n- you're not ready for the bounce back that the Cousins are about to have. AFLW Fantasy, 2024 Fantasy, we're winning hats in both of them. I'm telling you it's happening. It's, the bounce back Dead is going to be unreal. Dead set. I'm excited. It's not the end of a dynasty. It is just the beginning a blip. <laughs> it's it's the, the beginning. Little, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's
0: going to be 60, 60 more years of dominance from the cousins. That's what it's going to be. We're going to be old men just absolutely smashing fantasy. It's going to be beautiful it's
1: going to be very beautiful
0: the cousins pod will still be alive yeah all those will years be, all the years <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll be old men just ranting still doing hot bakes at Stewie Jew, <laughs> <laughs> even after he's dead yeah <laughs> god that's a bit grim um no you've been listening to the cousins afl fantasy podcast thank you if you've made it this far um good luck if you're still in finals well done to you um we're down and out but we're having fun it's play time We're loving it. Um, Follow us on Instagram at... The Cousins Fantasy. And on Twitter at... The Cousins Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck with your trades for this week. Good luck for round 22 and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.
0: Kiss him on the lips.
1: Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.